He could smell the crisp odor of laundry and cologne and toothpaste that radiated from Paul, and tried not to watch the man take in his office. The desk was covered with his own work. There were open books on the floor beside his chair, an empty bookcase, a plate on the windowsill containing cigarette butts, and a dry, crusty pile of used Barry's tea bags. He'd found a reliable supply of Barry's Gold Blend in McNulty's on Christopher Street, the only decent shop in a neighborhood which should be consumed in a fatal fire. In any case, the used tea bags had nowhere to go because the trash bin was filled with crushed tall boys of four loco supplied to him by his very best student, Tiffany Navas. They were in there because the recycling container was overflowing with student work. Paul raised his eyes to Milo's and smiled without much feeling. Well, fantastic, Paul said. I'm bringing my wife tonight. She's a fan. You know, when we met, he looked off in the distance with a studied, wistful smile. You'll love this, actually. She was living in this little postage stamp-sized apartment down on Orchard Street. I remember the first time I went over there, she showed me this copy of In the Shadow of Machines. Honest to God. And it was so dog-eared and so annotated, it was practically falling apart. I told her to bring it tonight. Thought you might get a kick out of seeing it. Plus, she's dying for you to sign it. Oh, how lovely, Milo said. Of course. Oh, hey, just a minor thing. Paul touched his hand lightly to his beard. Don't know if you knew, if you're not checking your email. You know, don't feel like checking, whatever. I totally get what a pain that stuff can be. But just FYI, there's a mailbox in the department office with your name on it, and there's hard copies there of things you might need. And you know, Deb or myself would be happy to help you set up your uh, faculty email account if you need help with that too, just to help you catch up maybe on some of the bureaucracy. So just let us know. Of course, Milo said. Yes, thank you. I shall be sure to stop in later today and see her. Great. Again, no big deal. Just uh, some attendance things to sign off on and uh, a couple other questions. Deb had forms for direct deposit that, uh, not quite sure. But whatever, whenever you get to it. Okay, we'll catch you tonight. He gave a wry, well-practiced smile and tapped the doorframe twice before heading down the hall. Milo got up and shut the door, then put his headphones on and turned out the light. When he next looked up, a shadowy vision of Navas was standing in his office, her arms folded. She snapped on the light, pulled his headphones down around his neck, stacked the papers that were covering his desk and dropped them heavily to the floor. Why didn't you tell me there was some special thing tonight? He asked her. What thing? She sat where the papers had been, lit her cigarette with his lighter, then put it in her pocket. Oh, the reading. You're the one who put it on the fucking blackboard, Monday. You can't remember? No more full loco for you, Professor. I'm afraid, Miss Navas, there will indeed be more full loco for me. Especially if we are to attend this mystery event. Milo tried not to favor Tiffany Navas when the semester began, but had given up about three weeks in. Her work was simply better than her peers, her skin darker, her accent richer, and she was more intelligent, could look around the room and size up the people in it fast as any runner. No one was taking care of Navas. 
she was taking care of herself. She didn't show up to class wearing pajama pants and flip-flops, or a lanyard of keys around her neck like a giant baby in danger of getting lost. Did not talk about her parents or pets or family vacations. Did not have conversations about television. Never wore a baseball cap. And best of all, when they announced they were taking Four Loco off the market, she and her friends bought several dozen cases. Four Loco was a malt liquor made with caffeine, alcohol, and wormwood. It was poor man's free base, white trash absinthe. Because of her foresight, Navas was able to supply the beverage on very little notice, with a great profit to herself. She also did not care about the no smoking policy. Navas was tall and fleshy and wore shiny, deep red lipstick.